0: Non-stop, stop work Non-stop, non-stop, work Non-stop, non-stop, work Non-stop, non-stop, work Ladies and gentlemen, what's going down? It's your boy Mr. Heard live and in full effect Holding it down for anchorfm two one five, The non-stop working podcast D-A-U-S, the Divine Artistic United Society Head on over to our website, www.daus.me. Check out what we got going on. All right, trending in over 110 countries and growing. And uh, we're doing this thing, man. It's been a cool weekend. All right, the weather didn't know what it wanted it to do. Couldn't make up its mind. Didn't know if it wanted to rain. it Didn't know if it wanted to just be sunshine. I think in some of the areas in PA, had some snowfall, let us know if you got some snowfall in your area, what that was like, if it was just um, a little, I think it was just a little dusting, and most of these places you got a little dusting, let us know, if how you know, let us know what it was, if it was like a, if there was any um, accidents or how bad it was, if it was a big deal or not, let us know, Yeah, the Deontay Wilder fight, all right, it was Wilder versus Ortiz, Ortiz, Ortez, Ortiz, I think I heard it 50 different ways over the weekend, I do a few fight parties, all right, I did make it to a few of the fight parties, I didn't stay long, guys, because um, big crowds, I don't always care for big crowds, you know what I'm saying, I did a lot of, um, I did a lot of partying early on, did a lot of partying early on I did the concerts thing you know, I've done the, um, autograph signings you know what I'm saying, where you gotta sit down and sign like, thousand autographs and all that so I've done a lot of that kind of stuff and before I jump back into it or, well during my height of all that, I decided that I really didn't enjoy that as much as I thought I would so, um I stay away from the crowds nowadays, but it was a good fight. Um, interesting fight. I think the boxers were doing some different things. You know what I'm saying? If I if I can. You know what I'm saying? I think they were. I think they were switching it up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Different than their style. I, I noticed. You know what I'm saying? I think we're really getting prepared to see the super fighters. Shout out to all my boxing fans. If you're out there, you're a boxing fan and you watch the fight, let me know if you if you agree with me. I think we're getting ready to see the super fighter. Okay? Uh, I was always debating with my friends. Of course, who's the greatest boxer? Now, I'm a Roy Jones fan myself. Um, but when it comes down to it, we always have to break things off into categories. We always have to be like, the fastest guy you always have to be like the guy with the most power for instance whenever we're talking about speed you get Roy you get Floyd you get Pacquiao and you know what I'm saying and other guys right then when we're talking about power you get Mike well Mike is like a hybrid because he's like power and speed but you get guys like George Foreman uh Holy field, um, Muhammad Ali. So it's always these categories that got to get broken down. It's always these categories that the boxers and the fighters have to get put into. So I'm thinking when I'm watching Deontay Wilder now and um, Ortiz. Excuse me for not knowing his first name, guys. All right, but when I was watching them guys. I saw. Give yeah, this is a second here. I saw that um, they were they were doing a little bit more boxing than they normally would have, and a lot of people were saying about Wilder and his style. I don't even like to say style. I don't, you know, whatever. But people are saying, you know, I wish he could box a little bit more. I wish he could, you know, work the jab. And wh- what they want to see is they want to see bigger guys fighting like um, middleweight guys. They want to see the big slugger guys um, throwing more punches, slipping more punches. They're basically doing more boxing, guys. They want to see that. And I can't can't disagree. I I, I would love to see more boxing as well. A lot of times in these heavyweight fights, I don't even want to say heavyweights, but because I feel like these guys are like super heavyweights or something like that. But when you get these fights, these guys tend to get in the ring. You know, there's a lot less punches thrown than in a normal fight or in a, the uh, lower weights. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of waiting around because these guys are just looking for that that, that one sweet punch, that one sweet opening, where they can drop the knockout punch. So Wilder's in that class... He's in that class of fighters where, you know, I'm looking for the one good punch. Once I get it, bam, right on the kisser. It's a wrap, good night. And that's exciting to see, but when you're talking about 12 rounds of a fight, that's pretty dull. You know what I mean? You get these big guys that's kinda moving around and kinda like pump faking at each other. And like, you know what I'm saying? Who's gonna go? I'm gonna go. You gonna go? I'm, 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 you. You're gonna, I'm gonna punch you. You gonna I'm gonna punch. You know what I'm saying? You getting that? So it gets boring a little bit. And so I think these guys were trying to give a little bit more of a show, not just for show sake, but also trying to incorporate more of the um, other um, techniques into their repertoire for this fight. Okay, what's my point? Well, Wilder was still a little big and stiff, all right? Like, like I don't think Deontay Wilder would probably be that good of a dancer. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying he can't bob and he doesn't have rhythm, but he's not a dancer, all right? So there's a rhythm, like a... a like a Roy or a Floyd would have, right? That I would attribute to musicality to a degree. I would say, yo, they have a rhythm which allows them to move a lot smoother. I would just say they have smoothness. Alright? But I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to say smoothness. But there's a smooth. There's do you know what I mean? There's a degree of smooth that Wilder isn't able to demonstrate too well he's kind of big centered right there wow i'm right here get around me you know what i'm saying it's like that and it's like if you can get around me or it's like try to get around me and i'm gonna knock your ass out you know what i'm saying whereas though you got mayweather and pacquiao these guys are more like but you know they're all over the damn place They're around you on the left, they're around you on the right. When you come in, when, (laughs) look, they got their hands on their hips. When you dip, they dip, you dip. (laughs) Like that. It's something like that, though. But I see these bigger guys trying to incorporate more technique into their um, their fights. And if this continues on, I'm sure we're going to see one of these bigger guys who's perfect for it. Um, I think this could also be too With uh, the Joshua Anthony guy I think he could He could be a potential One of these big super fighters that I'm talking about But there'll be these boxers Who are Deontay Wilder's size There'll be these fighters That have his power His size But then they'll have speed Like Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao Or Roy Jones um, and I think, and I think that guy is gonna be dead ass deadly. You know what I'm saying? Like, could you imagine Deontay Wilder with a Roy Jones speed? You know what I'm saying? Like, Roy Jones and hit Roy Jones and hit guys with like four uppercuts in a combo, like four uppercuts in a combo. And if anybody's never seen Roy Jones, please go check it out so you know I'm not lying. Four uppercuts. One hand. One, two, three, four in a fight. You know? So I think that's what we're on our way to see. Uh, but De- uh, Deontay Wilder did win. Congratulations to the man. He won. He uh, he came out to talk to the cameras and the press afterwards in a gold uh it looks like it looked like a general's jacket, like the jacket of a general, something like that. I thought it was Michael Jackson. That it was to be like it was like I'm the greatest, right? So it was like like Michael Jackson. That's what I was thinking. Let me know if y'all got the Michael Jackson vibe from that. Um, if you haven't seen Deontay Wilder um, fight, check it out. He likes to talk a, a, a decent degree of smack, which I find to be very entertaining. And I think that's all he's really hes really wanting to do, is entertain. A lot of people say, oh, I hate, hey, he talks trash, he's arrogant, he has a big head, but he works really hard, and um, that's one of the rights I was saying with a friend. It's one of the rights that comes with working hard, especially in sports and things like that, is that you get to talk shit a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You getting up every day at 4 o'clock in the morning doing three-a-day workouts and stuff like this. You putting yourself on these strict and intense regimens for weeks. You know what I'm saying? You're isolating yourself off from the world for day's you know what I'm saying months at a time in preparation for a exhibition that's going to last a few hours or something like this you know what I mean you get into a ring where y- you allow somebody to beat up on you when you hoping to beat up on them a little bit more it's very stressful so you know at the end of it all these guys are going to let off some steam they get a win they're going to talk some shit you know what I'm saying? I expect it. I would, I would encourage it, because like I said, they work really hard. You know, once you're a professional boxer, you can't do too much. You can't get into any trouble. You know what I'm saying? On the streets and things like this, so yeah. He's gonna talk shit. He's gonna say, you know, I've spent three months, four months, five months preparing. i spent five months getting myself ready to knock motherfuckers out. <laughs> and... And now I'm prepared to do it. You know. I'm going down an alley right now, guys. I haven't walked down an alley in ages. This is this is right now I'm going down an alley. Yep. Yeah, this is definitely a dangerous little alleyway, I can tell. At night, this is this is some shit right here. Okay. Okay. And we're through the alley. Right, and we're non-stop working okay uh and i'm gonna go down this one too i'm just i'm just trying to get to a cup of coffee right fast guys so we can further develop some things for our show and there's this uh alleyway here i've discovered very interesting alleyway definitely an old alleyway okay enough about the alleyway so it's the non-stop working podcast all right This is season two, episode nine. All right, guys. And uh, it's going down. Thank you guys for listening. Oh, let's get around this truck here. Looks like they're doing some oil snatching. Let's get around this guy. But, uh, yeah, as I said, this is season two, episode nine. Okay. Okay. We're, we've been getting a great. Uh, our, our listenership is growing. It's back, okay. So our listenership, we took a small little hiatus, but we're gaining our listenership right on back, okay. We just got another 200 plays this week. So shout out to all you guys listening to the Nonstop Working Podcast. It's, it's uh really exciting. It's really exciting. We got some stuff we're gonna talk about this show. All right, we got some new commercials. I've been meeting with businesses, talking with them, developing partnerships, so it's looking like a busy winter. I don't know about you guys, but I work their asses in the cold, so as it gets cold, just expect more and more, because I'm going to be nonstop stop working. Alright, yeah man, and it's, uh, it's going down, make sure you guys continue to tune in. Tell your friends about the Non-Stop Working Podcast. four slash 215. We're on iTunes. All right. Go get it on iTunes. Check it out on CastBox. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, check out my album. All right, you guys know I got a lot of music out there. Check out the album, uh, Presidential Speech. That's an iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Google Play you know what I'm saying Title Deezer all those cool places all those cool places where you can find playlists of artists and albums from artists mp3s and things like this you can find my stuff as well check out my most recent release it's called Heavyweight alright it's a four track EP alright so go check out those four songs let me know what you think also, you can find a few singles. One of my uh, newest and most trending singles um, that's out right now is uh, French. It's called French. All right, check that song out. It's definitely a cool little groove. She eat on and I want some. Might sound crazy, but I won't front. So go check out French. Uh, is there anything else I'm talking about? Yeah, check out, uh, what is that? Heavyweight French. Alright, we got a, 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 I think I got an EP out called High School, with a few tracks from back in the day, but yeah, just go check out that Mr. Heard music, alright, also you can find all of this stuff on YouTube, for all of you guys who want to stream it for free, I'm not mad at you for streaming it for free, I know what time we're in, so if you want to stream my music, you can go find it on YouTube, and all those other places as well. Alright, this is the non Working Podcast, anchor.fm4 slash five. Alright, season two, episode nine, is going down. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Futurist Impressions, Natural Hair Care, and Styling. Are you ready to book your appointment? Just call 267-403-2877. Also, pop-ups and walk-ins are welcome. Follow on Instagram at Futurist Impressions. For bicycles, bicycle repairs, and bicycle tune-ups... Visit Dr. Cycles at 36 and Lancaster Avenue, Philadelphia, PA. That's Dr. Cycles at 36 and Lancaster Avenue, Philadelphia, PA. Call in for an appointment at 215 823 6780. is on a move. The governments of Guyana and Ghana Friday morning signed an air service agreement paving the way for direct flights between the two countries. In fact, the agreement forms part of a broader movement to make traveling between the Caribbean and African states more accessible. It was signed by Minister of Aviation of Ghana, Mr. Joseph Kofi Kofi Adada and Guyana's corresponding minister, uh, Annette Ferguson, at the air at the air transport meeting where industry leaders are discussing ways to promote air links between the Caribbean and African states. So This is a uh, powerful stuff, guys. This is powerful stuff. Um, we talked before in a earlier podcast about the land seizures that were taking place in Africa. So it seems to be like more expanding going on here. Definitely a lot of development in Africa right now. There's also China that's developing. And you see they're talking about their relationships China and Africa, between China and Africa right now. A lot of activity. So we might be witnessing Africa moving into uh, a global power position. We'll see. Uh, This reads on it was signed by Minister of Aviation of Ghana, Mr. Joseph Kofi, and Guyana's corresponding minister, Annette Ferguson, at the airport transfer meeting where industry leaders are discussing ways to promote air links between the Caribbean and African states. During an interview with the media afterwards, Minister Ferguson explained that the Ghana-Guyana agreement is a positive step towards achieving their air bridge. It's, quote, it's setting the foundation to allow airlines between the two countries to operate. End quote, she said. Ramesh Lachmidar. Ooh, Lachmidar. Whoa. An aviation consultant pointed out that it currently takes at minimum 38 hours to get from Georgetown, Guyana to Accra, Ghana after passing through North America and England. But this can be reduced to an estimated eight hours if there are direct flights. Hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Interesting stuff here, guys. Has anybody ever taken a flight from here to Africa from this from America to Africa? I've never been to Africa. How long is that flight? And this isn't a direct flight that is just talking about. It was talking about that. There's two stops it's saying it says America and England. It says Guyana to Accra, Ghana, after passing through North America and England. So that's two stops there, I think they're saying. Is it a lot of stops? Do you have to you know how many planes does it take to get from here to Africa? And because we could be seeing some some changes. Also interesting with this is that uh, when they talk about Amelia, uh, I think it's Earnhardt, Earnhardt is her name, and uh, the flat Earth theory thing, you start to talk about whether or not. The maps are, they talk about whether or not our geography is honest, our known geography, if it's true or if we have a distorted view of it. Uh, And they talk about different flight paths and how um, planes uh, have to stick to a certain flight path. Um, So I'm wondering if this uh, goes against that whole, normal way of um, um, flying and traveling and you know i know some people don't know what i'm talking about here but okay so moving right on with the non-stop working podcast (laughs) so these people are still going in on your man r kelly Yep, they are still going in on your man, R. Kelly. So apparently, one of the young ladies who said she was actually okay, she wasn't being held hostage and all of that. She was saying that she was staying by R. Kelly's side. She was seen in the interview, you guys, you know, with Gail. there was two girls. But one of them has uh, made a different statement. She's come out and said R. Kelly is, in fact, a monster. On the website Daily News, um, written by Nancy Dillon, November 25th, 2019, uh, they have here headline reads, live in girl, uh, excuse me, whew, the headline reads, living girlfriend who defended R. Kelly now calls him monster, who urinated and defecated on her. Hmm. So they're still going in on the brother. Let's see if we can get a little... It says one of the two live-in girlfriends who publicly supported R. Kelly amid his federal indictment in Brooklyn and Chicago now says she was a victim of the accused sex trafficker, too. Jocelyn Savage, 24, says the singer choked her until she blacked out, urinated and defecated on her, and forced her to call him daddy and master. The Florida native also calls Kelly a monster who held her hostage in his home, dead uh, who held her hostage in his homes, declined to buy her pads when she menstruated, and forced her to have surgical and forced her to have a surgical abortion at his residence. Hmm. Now I talked to you guys about this. Y'all know we were in our in our bag talking about the R Kelly thing I told you guys all of my opinion you can go back into some of the recent I mean excuse me some of the older episodes to hear that are they're all labeled R Kelly and everything like this but uh, back then this was just a few months ago but it was a really hot topic and I, I, told, I said that these ladies were, were all after the money that everybody was happy as long as there was enough money around I think I think this is the same thing here. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, this is this is. She's really seeing that um, it's going to be difficult for her to keep the kind of lifestyle she's become accustomed to. Um, and I also want to say, guys, that I do think that Robert probably has done some weird stuff. I just think people were okay with it. You know what I'm saying? You know? Says Savage said Kelly initially wooed her in 2015. With compliments of her voice and promises, he would turn her into a star. You see? And right now, he's sitting behind bars. You know what I mean? And uh, what's the chances of her being a star? Without Without her giving these... Stories, you know what I'm saying? What's the odds of her being a star without her pursuing books and and, and, and uh, deals, you know, side deals, what's the what's the what's the likelihood of her booming from this from this interaction here with, with R. Kelly? She said he showered her with attention and shopping sprees until she believed they were in love. And that's when he started manipulating and controlling her. Quote, if Robert called me, I would have replied with yes, daddy, or please, daddy, she wrote. End quote. Savage vividly recalled one alleged incident where she called Kelly babe instead of his disturbing uh, designations. Quote, he grabbed me and choked me until I blacked out. I had bruises around my neck, and I was told by him to wear a turtleneck or a scarf to cover them up whenever he would take me out in public, end quote, she wrote. Yeah, guys, this this is all stuff that I think she should have been, no, this is all stuff that I think would have been very helpful if spoken about earlier on. I won't say or play the whole... If you're a victim say something card guys when everyone isn't the same person you know what I mean that person who has the courage to stand up and defend themselves and that person who doesn't you know they shouldn't be treated like one's greater than the other you know what I'm saying you know not everybody has courage you know what I'm saying or the amount of courage is the next person that's just life I don't know, you know, like I said, I still think a lot of this is for the money and the attention. um, Because I don't think, I don't think coming out with this stuff publicly now helps. You know, I don't think it helps. Um, Hopefully it does. And I hope the brother R. Kelly can, um, I don't know. I hope, I hope, I hope all this stuff can be resolved peacefully. Let me know what you guys think about this. All right, uh, let me know. Let me know what you guys got to say. Patrick Patterson of the Los Angeles Clippers. He doesn't want any bulldogs. That's right. He doesn't want any bulldogs. So he's catching flack right now for um, a post that he made on Twittergram book. All right. He, uh, it was in response to um, someone who was talking about him, coming at him about his um, swirling situation. He has a, a white wife. So somebody made a comment and um, he went in and, and um, said something about sisters being bulldogs or referred to them as being bulldogs or something of the sort. And uh, folks have been grinding them up about that. All right. Just going to read a little bit about this article here. I'm talking about it. Right, it says Patrick Patterson of the Los Angeles uh, Clippers caught flat for speaking negatively about black women while defending his interracial marriage. The incident began after Patterson posted an image on Instagram of his wife, Sarah, who happens to be white. Several Instagram users responded to the post, and one person suggested that Nazar Nasir, forgive me if I don't know the name, you guys, I don't don't follow people, Um, would not have married Patterson if he did not make it to the NBA. So they're saying, you know, he wouldn't have a white woman if he wasn't playing pro ball. Um, this is the quote from the person online it says quote bro you grew up loving our women at Mafia Material BWA wrote I don't know end quote Quote, said why wait until you get some real money if you weren't in the NBA and worked at Walmart you wouldn't stand a chance bro Patterson responded by blasting black women this article reads you see how you wrote that Patterson responded by blasting black women I don't think it was a blast might have been a shot might have been some shade but I don't think it was a blast Patterson responded by blasting black women this is the blast quote so I should settle for a bulldog and act like I'm happy with my life and preach keep it in your race to the world as if Dr. Martin Luther King didn't fight slash die for equality, he wrote. Acceptance, acceptance, all cultures loving one another, no hate, that may be your life, but I don't want that for mine or my family. Color doesn't matter, wake up, end quote. Says on November 24th, Patterson apologized for his comments. I'm going to read the apology. It says, I want to address, this is the apology. I want to address my use of the word bulldog during a conversation with someone I felt was making disrespectful t- remarks about my wife and our relationship. I responded with the same, I responded with the same, making a cruel comment on his wife's physical stature. I know that two wrongs don't make a right, but I let my emotions get the better of me in the heat of the moment. For that I apologize to him, his wife, and to the rest of his family for the hurtful and crude comments made on that day. As I did in the rest of the conversation thread multiple times, as I did what? As I did in the rest of the conversation thread multiple times, I will clarify again that I was not using the term as a reference to black women. That is not at all how I feel, but I do not need to justify to the world that I love my black people. I have no animosity or bitterness towards any race. I believe in love and equality. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't I don't think, yeah, I think all of this is cool. I don't think um. he needed to make a big public apology, though. I think we're getting a little carried away with this thing where it's like any time a person has an opinion and they share it, we're saying that they have to go and apologize publicly because of their position or something like this. Um, And I think what's really happening is we're getting tired of certain stereotypes and um, ideas being perpetuated, ideas about what love is, ideas about who can be together, ideas about what success is, ideas about what um, racial responsibility is, these different kind of things. And I think all of that's being questioned right now. I think all of that's being questioned right now. Um, As far as his bulldog comment, I think it's being blown way out of proportion. Like I said, they said a blast as if he went on the rant like I've ranted about sisters and his bulldog comment is nothing compared to my rants you understand I think um you know so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in about you know I'm not gonna go off on into a tangent because I can't about this but interesting 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 uh I do think we're being a little bit too hard on this brother uh yeah I, I do think we're being too hard on this brother this out guys I came across a story it's talking about um I think it's black Mexicans who who um founded uh or established California so I'm still digging into um I'm still digging into this thing. Uh, I want to find some more information as much as I possibly can. But it's about some uh, Spanish and black persons who um, established what is now California. I'll read a bit. Um, There's some Spanish in there, and I'm probably like a level one and a half to a two in Spanish, guys. So I'll do my best. Bear with me. Uh, And I'll just read a little bit from the article. It says, the Los Angeles... Puebladores or townspeople were a group of 44 settlers and four soldiers from Mexico who established the famed city on this day in 1781 in what is now California. The settlers came from various Spanish castes with over half of the group being of African descent. Ah. Governor of Los Californias a Spanish owned region, Felipe de Neve, called on eleven families to help build the new city in the region by recruiting them from Sonora and Sinola Sonora and Senola, Mexico. According to a census record taken at the time, there were two persons of African ancestry, eight Spanish, and black persons so eight Spanish and black persons okay and nine American Indians there were also one Spanish and Indian person with the with the rest being Spaniards hmm. that's heavy man uh, there's a little more here let me see it says according to the efforts of historian William M. Mason, the actual racial makeup of the pobladores was perhaps more racially balanced than not. Mason wrote that on the 44, Mason wrote that of the 44, only two were white, while 26 had some manner of African ancestry and 16 of the group were mestizos, or mixed Spanish and Indian people. black mexican black mexicans luis quintero and antonio mesa the only two named on the 70 1781 census married mixed women and bore several children between them so look at that so i'm going to look more into that guys i'm going to look more into the black and African history of California and if you guys have information to share about this let me know share it with me if you know some things about this please share it man I would love to hear from you if you're on anchor if you haven't you can download the anchor app and you can record yourself and you can share that with me send that over to me and then I can add your recording into a segment and share that with our listenership so that'll be cool so do that guys all right, you can do that with any other segments. If you have anything that you want to comment on, feel free to do that, guys. Uh, you know, no fear, no fear. I won't, I won't block the mic. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, let me know if you guys know anything about the black and African influence in the uh, development of California. Very interesting stuff there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what's going down? It's your boy Mr. Hurry, live in the full effect, holding it down for and forward slash 205. We're live on the scene here at City Hall. There's a block. There's a group of people blocking traffic right here. We're going to see if we can get uh, some audio about what's going on. Don't
1: direct people into, tra- into people. We you. Why don't we want to we need Are you trying to tell them to run? Our friend's over? Okay. Do whatever you want to do. There's cops here. It's a very intense moment
0: here. Hey guys, I just got off the train. I was on my way to uh, take care of some business, but you know uh, Here we are. This is Philadelphia man. It's always something going down. So this is journalism man I'm all over this thing. I'm in the street right now. I'm gonna see what's going on. What's going on guys? What's going on? What's going on? Somebody fill us in. What's going on? I'm Mr. Herd, this is anchor.fm forward slash 215. What's going on? We're
1: with Philly Thrive. We're out here because there's 15 bidders bidding on the old refinery site today. We have not been told who they are. Uh, so we're out here for fifteen minutes representing each one of the bidders we're talking south for fifteen minutes or we're gonna go
0: into the hearing. Room. So this is about transparency. We want transparency.
1: Absolutely. All right to breathe clean air in Philadelphia. We don't want another fossil fuel polluter occupying the space that the Philadelphia Energy Solutions used to have. Thank you. Wow.
0: So I had no idea. I mean, as she said, we, we're not supposed to know. But Okay! Shut down! Yeah guys, I don't I don't think, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think, I don't think this traffic is going to get through here. Yeah. So, okay, it says 33.9% of South Philadelphia we residents have asthma. Here. This is what the sign says. No. Alright, these guys have signs. Says 1.1 million people could have died from six 2019 explosion. All right, 1.1 million people could have died from the six, uh, six 2019 explosion. One man has a sign that says, "The seas are rising, and so are we." Hey, guys, I talked about this in a, a segment of the podcast. Uh, our episode eight, we okay, guys talked about these groups and these different groups and all of the different things that's going on. Guys, this is a, a, just an example of what I was talking about. wait,
1: wait there for us. So can us.
0: Very interesting protest. It says green economy for all. These are wonderful signs. I like the flower signs. Fighting to keep the refinery shut. Yeah, we got to keep them refinery shut. We want to know who's bidding. We want to know who's bidding. stuff guys look we're going to keep we're going to keep our eyes open and we want to we want to see more we're going to hear more about this uh we want to know who's been in about these refineries all right okay there's been a lot of uh new development here in the city of philadelphia we got people coming in people going out we have people who are homeless we have uh you know um a lot going on so you know the gentrification thing is real so it's just uh interesting to see Um, you know, this, this, this type of action from the communities, you know, we'll see, we'll see where this goes. All right, folks, so on this segment of Worthy Women, we want to highlight Claudette Colvin. All right, Claudette Colvin, I have a little small write-up here I'll read for you guys. Then I'm going to play... A clip from a um, an animation that I found, um, talking a little bit about the the incident that made Claudette Colvin famous. So wait just a second here. Excuse me, I'm shifting through my digital notebook here. Thank you, sir. Uh, just one second. All right. So, Claudette Colvin. Several months before Rosa, Parks refu- before Rosa Parks' refusal to give up her seat on a bus, Colvin was the first person arrested for resisting bus segregation in Montgomery, Alabama, at the age of 15. She also served as one of four plaintiffs in the case of Browder v. Gale, which ruled that Montgomery's segregated bus system was unconstitutional. Yeah, guys. So we've been talking about um, some of the people who've protested and things like that before. Rosa Parks and some of the uh, earlier segments of the Nonstop Working podcast. Uh, So it's definitely interesting um, coming across this young lady. Uh, You know, so I want you guys to listen in on this story here. Uh, They talk about it. It's kind of neat. And it kind of suggests that uh, Claudette was... They, they kind of suggest that who Rosa Parks became to us only existed because, uh, or only happened because of Claudette. So it was Claudette's incident that stood out to everyone, but because of some circumstances, they basically um, did like a reenactment of her protest with Rosa. Uh, and I'm saying that's implied, that might not be true, but let me know if you guys think that makes any sense. Um. And let me know what your opinion is. But this is, again, another segment of Worthy Women. Uh, Ladies, check out Claudette Anderson. Excuse me. Claudette Colvin. All right. Check out Miss Colvin. All right. Uh, Another powerful sister who uh, paved the way.
1: 1955, and the bus going through Highland Gardens in Montgomery, Alabama, is filling up quickly. The larger, whites-only section is nearly full, and the colored section in the back has few seats remaining as well. After letting passengers on at the latest stop, a young white woman is left with no place to sit. The bus driver, acting with the authority of a police officer as per city ordinance, tells four African Americans seated in the front row of the colored section to move back. For this one white woman to sit, they would all have to move. It was illegal for whites and blacks to even sit in the same row. Three of the black passengers move, but the last one remains. This is not Rosa Parks. Miss Parks' refusal to give up her seat would not happen for another nine months. Sitting firmly, steadfastly, is a 15-year-old Claudette Colvin. She's told commanded again to move by an increasingly hostile bus driver. It's my constitutional right, she declares back at him. What was going through young Claudette's head at that time? Perhaps it was the previous year's Brown versus Board of Ed decision, which ruled Jim Crow separate but equal segregation in public schools to be unconstitutional. Perhaps it was her school celebration of what was then called Negro History Week for the entire month of February. That month, she learned about African-American activists like Frederick Douglass, W.E.B. Du Bois, recent heroes like Jackie Robinson and Marian Anderson, and for the first time, African history. Perhaps it was her 15 years of using segregated bathrooms, drinking from segregated fountains, and having to bring a tracing of her foot to go shoe shopping because she wasn't allowed to try them on before purchase. Whatever it was, Claudette Colvin was not moving. Later, she said that she couldn't. History had me glued to that seat. Sojourner Truth's hand was pushing me down on one shoulder, and Harriet Tubman was pushing me down on the other. But she would be moved. Police officers would board the bus, grabbing her, manhandling her, and dragging her off. Fifteen-year-old Claudette would be arrested and brought not to a juvenile facility, but to the city jail where she would wait hours for her mother and pastor to pick her up. She was charged and later convicted of assault and battery, disorderly conduct, and violating a city ordinance. But she continued to fight, appealing the decision. Her case, combined with the cases of three other African-American women, would be known as Browder versus Gale, the result of which was a ruling that Alabama's segregated buses were unconstitutional. It was this case that integrated the buses and ended the need for the 381-day Montgomery bus boycott. But then why was it Rosa Parks' refusal to give up her seat that started the bus boycott, and not Claudette's? It could be that Claudette, within a year of her refusal to give up her seat, became pregnant. A pregnant, unwed teenager in the 1950s would be a challenging figure to base such a movement on. Rosa Parks, on the other hand, was mature and poised. An NAACP secretary trained in nonviolent protest. Still, Claudette paved the way for the modern civil rights movement. Her act of protest convinced local groups, as well as a young minister named Martin Luther King Jr., to stage the Montgomery bus boycott. Rosa Parks, a hero of the civil rights movement, committed her act of defiance deliberately to challenge and draw attention to a grossly unjust law. Claudette Colvin was too young to think about the consequence of her action. She simply refused to move because she knew it was wrong. And in that instance, she showed how young people can truly change the world.
0: So, people, this wraps up the show, all right, for this week, all right? The Non-Stop Working podcast. Episode nine on you guys. All right, we're doing it. Episode nine on them. I'm excited. I hope you guys are uh, enjoying the progress, the progression here. We're gearing up for our nonstop working tour. Okay, so definitely get ready to be tuning in uh, to the nonstop working podcast while we're hitting these different cities. Alright, checking out some of these different museums and exhibits and all of this kind of stuff. Um, You guys are suggesting. You guys have been making a lot of suggestions online. Thank you so much. Alright, we even got a suggestion to visit Salem, uh, Massachusetts, which I would love to do. You guys know I love magic and, and, and witchery and stuff like that. So I would love to visit Salem. Um, I, I talked to a few friends, all of my friends that I invited. They're not with it. You know, I'm like, you guys want to go to Salem? They're like, Where? You know, so they they don't want to go to Salem with me, but maybe uh, five people, uh, five of our listeners will want to want to, you know, meet up and check out Salem. You know, I wouldn't mind. I just I wanted to check out the. There's a museum there that I wanted to visit, and it's uh, an uh, art museum. And if not the art museum, not just the art museum, but some of the other um, sacred sites, stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah, we're gearing up for the tour, so definitely. Tune in, um, it's going to be getting interesting, the non-stop working podcast, alright, I'm excited to get to New York City, maybe I'll be able to visit Infotain, shout out to Infotain, uh, infotainment.net and timelessmasterpiece.com, if you haven't already, go over to timelessmasterpiece.com and order you some apparel, some merchandise, alright, we're going to keep doing the thing, we got Jay Shine and Diamond, he's working on music for you guys, he's got his project, um, Uh, a a new mixtape that's coming for you guys. All right. The Gang is out here battling his ass off. All right. Continue to visit www.daus.me because things are going to be picking up. All right. We've been doing a a lot of development. Uh, We've been meeting and discussing with guys, uh, just organizing our plan of strategy for this whole 2020 thing and beyond. So, you keep keeping keep, keep in contact with us keep up with us visit us at our website link with us on facebook and on instagram all right you guys know okay you can go to check out mr herd and uh, D-A-U-S on facebook and stuff like that but the the website is the fastest so visit us www.daus.me and uh we're going to be we're going to be getting it popping. Alright, if you're on Facebook and you're a podcaster, you can join the caster community group. Alright, and share your podcast with us. That's one of the easiest ways to connect with us. We're a growing community. And I mean I recommend you join. Makes it easy to do collaborations and things like that. And uh we'll be back with another full episode of the Nonstop Working Podcast Wednesday. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. All right, we got a track here for you. It's called Flip Ways. It'll be out in stores. It's by myself and um, Seth Love. Y'all know we cut a lot of music. Um, So you guys will be able to hear it now. It'll be in store soon, so you'll be able to purchase it. All right. Make sure you guys are checking out the albums and the music that we got out in store. You know, search our artists on Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, and for all of my iTunes, excuse me, for all of my iPhone users, you can tune into the Nonstop Working Podcast quick and easily from your iPhone through Apple uh, Podcasts. So I encourage you to do so. All right, guys. Until next week. Peace, love, and uh, enjoy the track. Nonstop. Nonstop. on it, hey. Get it up.